Hello, and welcome to the Mastery of Systems podcast. It's not the good original podcast you were hoping for, but it is podcast, all right. We beef a dead Norseman one G6 at a time. This week, we're discussing Mutant Chronicles, a game that seems to put a frankly incredible amount of work into almost being a different game. Let's get cranklin'. It's the Mastery of Systems podcast featuring Jerf and Big Johnson t-shirts. Hey everybody, welcome back to System Mastery. Uh, I'm Jeff, that's John, and this week we're going to be discussing Mutant Chronicles. I think it's got a uh, little little subheader here, the techno-fantasy role-playing game. Heck yeah. How are you, John? Oh, I'm doing okay currently. Yeah? I've uh, I've been having some, some headache issues recently, but yeah, I'm yeah. all right now. That's good. I gotta say, I'm... Uh, I was a little excited to actually get into Mutant Chronicles when we first picked this book. Yeah. Because I had the board game of this. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean I had that board game of this like when this came out. And this is from 93, so you would have been a a, a wee lad of like 11 or 10 or something. Oh, yeah. No, I was was a young child. Yeah. I was, I think I was in Florida at the time that I got it. Mm Mm-hmm. I opened it up and was like, I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> it was one of those board games that's too complicated for a 12-year-old to figure out. And I was just like, cool. Well, it definitely has some miniatures in it, so that's neat. I didn't know it was based on a board game because I was I was following my standard no research, no rules, just right kind of model of how we do show. Thing is, I have no idea if it's even based on the role-playing game or if Target was like, we're going to do a full ass. Well, you say Target real quick here. That's because this is made by a company called Target Games. Yes. I don't think it's made by Target. No, not not yeah. Target the retail. Sorry. Okay, just just to be clear, I want to make I want to make sure just cuz it would be fascinating to learn that this was made by Target the retail store. Yeah, because that would be interesting as hell. <laughs> if they were like we're getting into the role playing games world with Mutant Chronicles. That's what we as a company want our brand to be. We picked a winner, and we're going full multimedia spread on this bad boy. Role-playing game and crappy board game. But there's like a miniatures game, a board game, a novel series, and this role-playing game. And so I feel like whoever came up with it, because someone decided Mutant Chronicles was a setting that they liked, and then just shat it onto every type of thing they could do. I'm sure that someone managed to acquire the license. They managed. The, I'm guessing that probably the board game did fairly well because you know the board game is. It, you, you obviously didn't play it, but I'm going to go ahead and guess it was like a Space Hulk or something like that, where it's a a fairly self contained 40k like experience. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, you pick a corporation yeah. that you are from, and you get. The two guys from that. Right. because it's always a fighter guy and a shooter guy. Yeah. Each faction uh, in the book, in this book, each faction that you can kind of start from 
has two heroes that they, they like there's full color pages that intersperse throughout the book so this is a high production value book uh the full color art is always the same characters as you would get as your two heroes in the board game yeah okay so it'd be like oh well here's the example for like imperial corp and it shows you two guys and you're like yeah that was your frontline guy and your shooter guy so right so you know might as well get it you know put it out there and and make it obvious why i did the intro the way i did it this is someone's attempt to walk right up to the line of of making 40k without getting in trouble <laughs> and apparently I, they succeeded i hate when people go to try and make a 40k yeah and it's always they always pick the boring Space Marines, crap. Chaos Marines, and then they just kind of stop. Maybe they put orcs. Yeah, you're right. They always pick the most boring crap to copy. Oh yeah, if you're gonna copy 40k, be like, oh, it's the Tau versus Tyranids and shit. Like, give me yeah. that. Like the thing I would want from 40k. Like if I were to, if 40k were trying to lure me back in as a customer, it'd be less like, ah, oh, we we brought out the blood demons. Are they demons? No, they're fucking fat guys in giant suits of power armor, and they're like 10 feet tall, and they breathe acid or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, they, they come heroism. I'm like, I don't fucking care about your jingoistic space marines and all of your shit with Latin names. Ah. Fucking save me and give me more cool aliens. If anything ever pissed me off about 40k, it's the couple of times they've been like, this species is combined arms. Like... You know, the Tau, where they're like, ah, oh, the Tau have the crew working for them, and the Vespid, and they have some other alien races, and so on. And then they just don't. Uh, like, they keep being like, oh, we introduced a bunch of crazy shit. It's one unit, maybe. There's one unit, maybe, and it's worse than everything else you No one do. will ever take them. And it's the same in every faction that does that. Like, where Dark Eldar, you can take, like, that royal court, court where you can have, like, a snake man. and Oh, yeah, I a bunch of weird beasts. Like, eyeball dude and stuff. No one ever fucking takes them, because they suck. Yeah. And then I think, what are they called? The Grey Knights or whatever the fuck their name is. The It's been a while since I gave a shit. What, the Anti-Psyker or uh, Chaos? Yeah, the Anti-Psyker Marines. Marines. The ones that are, they have Grey in their name. Yeah, the Grey Knights. Yeah, they they're, they have a fact, they can take like a, a orangutan alien with well, like... they can a, take Inquisition stuff. That's right. And that includes like an orangutan alien with a gun and stuff. And it's like also bad. Like, they just hate the idea that you might like playing with cool aliens in 40k. And here as well, where there's nothing but humans and evil humans. And I guess monsters from beyond time and space that just happen to only infest and play as humans. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when you get to the, like, who can you fight section of this. And you're like, alright, Chaos Marine, uh, Chaos Wizard, mm -hmm. uh, Demon Prince, Greater Demon... All right. Yeah, yeah, you know who the bad guys are. Like, the same thing with the fucking 30K. People are like, oh, it's a better game. I'm like, it cannot possibly be a better game. Because the only thing you can play as are like, we're the fucking, I don't know, rainbow blood sharks. Like, all right, I get it already, but you have enough factions of space marines that sound like they're middle school soccer teams. <laughs> you, you've, hit the, you've hit the requisite number. <laughs> oh, you don't want to play as, like, the iron shards or the... <laughs> Metal tornadoes, <laughs> or the the swift blue kickers, the blue barracudas, the ball busters. <laughs> See, now you're just naming trivia teams. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is so you know to the, the the ultimate breakdown gist of this is that it's a 40k alike uh, with a, a, a pedigree to it, where there was a board game and a miniatures game and novel series. And the miniatures game is even briefly referenced in here. Like they're very good about not 
directly advertising you their other lines of products all the way through this role-playing game. Which is amazing to me that they wait until, like, the last page to just go, oh, and here's the advertisement for all of our other uh, shit. Product integration was invented in 1997. It's not their <laughs> fault. Uh, but, but yeah, there's one mention in here where it's like, is this a miniatures combat game? Yes, and the best miniature you can use is yeah. an original Heartbreakers Space Marine miniature. And it, literally, I, I, I'm not making that up. Their their miniature line was called Heartbreakers. No, that's the company that made it. I'm sorry, Heartbreakers. The, the company that making them was called Heartbreakers. Thank you. Yeah, I think the game itself was called like blood and berets or some shit like that <laughs> but this is actually a ripoff of a couple of games because your character has two stat blocks and one of those stat blocks is your standard 40k like chance to hit number of actions per round chance to hit in range how many wounds do you have but it's like a whole complicated thing actually for wounds uh, so you have a standard 40k looking uh, stat track but that's secondary stats, and they are defined by your primary stat list, or defined by your primary stat list, which is three d six down the line six stats that happen to look like D and D stats. Oh yeah. Now you do three d six down the line, but you roll eight and drop two. Yeah, you drop the two lowest, and then I believe you and are, you get to assign. Yeah, you do. So it's not down the line. It's three d six arranges desired. Uh, roll eight times, drop two. Yes. Yeah. Method, I believe, eleven. From the uh, the second edition player's handbook. Method, whatever the fuck, who cares? Okay. Mm -hmm. Shades of, uh, of, uh, of, fart. of, of fart. <laughs> My new erotic novel series coming out. <laughs> Shades of fart. <laughs> How many, though? Uh, a couple. <laughs> a bunch. A bunch of shades of fart. <laughs> About three dozen shades of fart. My tastes are unconventional you like to fart on people don't you yes <laughs> <laughs> please close the door <laughs> secretary hold my calls <laughs> uh but yeah this book spends like 130 pages out of its 200 pages just telling you about the mutant chronicles which is why i feel like it can't have been the role-playing game first. No, it's got to be board game first. It's got to be the board game or the novels. Yeah. Because they were just obsessed with the fucking background for this. Well, that and all the color art is reused. Yes. So, I mean, it's definitely board game first because they had the, the budget to do the color art, and then they just already had it. So when they made the role-playing game, they're like, great, we can just throw this in there for free. Wee! <laughs> so we might as well get started there. Uh, the The future is grim. The earth, The earth that was was blown up. Uh, although it's still there, there's just, you know, it's like, it's like, no, uh, it's just ruined. Yeah. It's just ruins. You can still go down there, but no one, like it's, you know, it's, it's cowboy bebop rules on earth. It's your, your standard future humans in space where earth just got used up and sucks. Yeah. And everyone left. Yeah. So cowboy bebop rules, uh, including, it con does. yeah, it's yes. Constant <laughs> meteor strikes and all that. Uh, and then just like also cowboy bebop rules, they have not gotten outside the solar system yet. Yes. So it's a solar system diaspora game. And the the interesting thing is there are, well, five major corporations, because the thing with this is instead of having, like, factions of space marines, you have megacorps. Uh-huh. So the megacorporations were most of them from Earth originally. Yeah. And then fucked off to space. And of course, this is one of those things where it was like, oh, the 
the nation sucked and the corporations decided to take care of their own. You're like, no, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't do no that. No corporation why, has ever taken care of their own. Why did they suddenly start doing that? When, when did the trend reverse and they were like, let's put pensions back? <laughs> you know what we got to do? Make sure our workers are happy and taken care of. Uh, there's a part in this book where it's like every single person working for a corporation can afford an apartment large enough for themselves, their, their wife, and at least two kids. Oh, wow, really? I'm like, wow, that isn't possible in any job in any state in the union right now. God, (laughs) 1993 must have been a really golden age for optimism. (laughs) Also note, wife, uh, the book has, it it, it occasionally mentions female troops and so on, but uh, its track record with female uh, uh, players and characters and so on within the world is uh, really bad. (laughs) Like, I kept keeping my eyes open for, like, a mention of a female soldier or something, and I finally found my first reference to women in any capacity at all on page 43, where there was a woman in some nose art. Nice. Yeah, there was a pinup. That was the first woman in the book. Yeah. I mean, there's a... Uh... There's a there's, there's a female the lady Mishima. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a there's two female soldiers in the art, um, but but yeah, other than that, they they seem to be extremely rare, and it consistently mentions stuff like oh for uh, like cyber dying or whatever the uh, cybertronic cybertronic, and it wasn't them anyway. It was uh, it was the third faction. Honestly, my memory of the factions fades because the, there's the, the descriptions of them are so fucking long and boring that i've forgotten the first two and only remember the other ones well let me go ahead and break down the factions for you please go right ahead so we have america germany oh yeah (laughs) i know i know no okay so there are four factions that were like from earth and went out and then one that's an upstart new faction yes now there's the usa faction which is capital Capital, that's the name I couldn't remember. And it wasn't them anyway. I think it was Bauhaus, po- Bauhaus Police. Bauhaus Police is the one where it says, like, all Bauhaus Police are, like, six foot three at the minimum. That's why you can't have women Bauhaus Police officers. And I was like, why the fuck would your police force require six foot three? What is it? Is the captain of that police force just really thirsty? Yep. <laughs> Trying to get a basketball team together? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so Capital is... USA as a corporation, why they're all about freedom and enterprise, and they have a president instead of a CEO. Mm-hmm. It's all just very much USA, USA. Yes, yeah, it's very much the USA faction. Uh, it's also the most boring and generic. It's very much just our oh, space marines are the best of the best, you know, just crap. Yeah. They're like, oh, what are you? We are the. We're the Mario of people where it's like, yeah. we make good stuff, but not the best. We make it cheap, but not the cheapest. Yeah, We've that's... got great soldiers, but not the most elite. Yeah, it's Space Marines, where Space Marines are always like, well, they've got the be- they've got slightly above average stats in every capacity, but not usually like super above average. That's what the point. That's why you have non-Space Marine factions. Uh. Uh, except in this case, every faction is fucking Space Marines. Uh. So, uh, and then each of the factions also basically has a planet that they took for the four. Uh, yes. Yeah. Capital took Mars. Yeah. Cap, except they're all present on all of them. Uh, except that they have like primary, not quite. They're all, they they all have, they're all on Luna. Yeah. Well, they're all on Luna. They're all on Mars. I I believe they're all on Venus because that's currently the major battleground. I would say the only one that they're not necessarily all on is Mercury. And then at least three of them are fighting over Mercury. (laughs) So Mars is the 
Capital of Capital. Yes. And that's where they do all their dumb nonsense. Uh-huh. And then Bauhaus, the sort of very Prussian-Germanic one where it's like, what's your deal? Uh, we make the most high-quality equipment. We're a little expensive, but all of our stuff is very, you know, German engineering. Yeah, it's, it's also a little Eldar in terms of the way that, you know, it's the same thing. It's like high-value ultra units. Uh, the funny thing with the difference here is that all these factions are ostensibly aligned, although they're also constantly fighting with each other, uh, such that the Bauhaus one is like, oh, the only way they can make money is by selling their ultra-high-tech shit to the other countries. There's a sidebar in there that's like, yeah, no one can afford the ba Bauhaus shit. No one can. They have to make cheap shit just to be able to sell anything to other countries. Well, yeah. They're like, oh, we make some garbage nonsense, but then they've got, like, Oh, if you're someone who actually is an elite buyer or you want something good, you're like, oh, if I want the best, I go to Bauhaus. Yes. Yeah, except you can't wear their armor because then you'd be treated as some sort of, like, lunatic traitor by your own faction. Ah. So uh, it's funny to me that they're like, yes, we definitely sell our powerful armor to everybody else who also all make their own armor and would shoot you on sight if you were wearing ours. No. I mean, they wouldn't because they, they tend to team up a lot, but they also tend to fight a lot. Like, all five of these factions are in constant skirmishes with each other. Oh, yeah. And some are more, like, political skirmishes, but some are straight up just like, I invade your territory and take over your shit. Yeah, they just do constant land grabs on each other. And but, yet they also still are constantly meeting at a big table to be like, hmm, yes, we're all very worried about the Chaos Marines. Mm, yes. Should we, mm. should we mention how you took over fucking Olympus Mons last? Nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Ah, it's fine. Ah, it's ah, ah, da, da, da. Spoils of war. Spoils of war. You'll, you'll get it back next week. Good, yeah. good war. Good war. <laughs> Orange slices for everyone. <laughs> uh, but Bauhaus is centered on Venus. Mm -hmm. And... That is, as Jeff mentioned, sort of the main battleground for the Dark Legion, the bad guys of mm -hmm. this setting. Yeah. So they are taking the brunt of the assault right now, which, you know, good for them that they've got the best equipment so they can do that. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, but the least guys, because they have to train so hard. And, and also, they can't have any 6'3 guys on their military because all of them have to go be cops. All of them. Every single, well, I mean, they have they have a shortage of cops because they're insisting on six three dudes. I'm, well, look, they have a mold for the armor, and you have to be six three <laughs> in order to wear it. And they're not changing the mold now. No, it's too late. You know how much it costs to change a Bauhaus mold? So I much. Just, I just found that to be the weirdest thing. Oh yeah, because it was just in there basically to explain why there are no women cops, <laughs> and it was just like like well, uh, it's not because of any you know sexist reason. It's just that they have a weirdly high height requirement. When they built that, you must be this tall to be a cop thing. They were like off by a foot and a half and, and whoopsie doodles too late to fix. And, uh, you know, any six, three ladies, they're just like, nah, fuck you as well. <laughs> Get out of here, Captain Phasma. No one likes your cop styles. <laughs> Get out of here, the WNBA. <laughs> it takes more than fundamentals to be a good cop. You need a little razzle dazzle on the, <laughs> on the crime court. <laughs> uh... So uh, the next one after that, I think, is Mishima. Yep, Mishima. Or is yeah, Mishima is fucking Space Japan, and it's embarrassing. It is just Space Japan, because they were like, oh, the Mishima Corporation, because this is 1993, and we're still in the, oh no, Japan is going to ruin us with their amazing electronics. Consumer electronics. 
That's all it is. Yeah. It's just 1993 well, electronic panic. Well, let's be real here. It's not just that. They also did the same thing everyone does when they introduce a Japanese faction to the future. Yes. And they're like, uh, they're ruled by a daimyo overlord and his children who are the the mighty Japanese rulers of each of the feudal clans. And They, they each were- have a different element that they are the lord of mm-hmm. the lord of the air and ground and water each one of them carries a traditional katana set into battle even though they're in fucking samurai shaped power armor and uh and the concept of honor is very important to all of them like that's the only one where i'm like okay fine honor can probably stick around that's part of the corporate culture of japan to this day but still the whole thing where they're like uh feudal daimyos yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you have like, Grandpappy Mishima uh-huh. is the figurehead in charge, but has no real power. Mm-hmm. Instead, his three children Yeah, run... Kazuya, Gene, and uh, the other guy. <laughs> and the other guy. Tekken jokes. <laughs> it's the Mishima family. You have to. You have to do it. <laughs> you can't not. But yeah, they have uh, two sons and a daughter running things, mm-hmm. and... Mercury is their main planet, so that's where the main kid is. And then, like, the daughter runs Mishima's interests on, like, Mars. Yeah, the other kid's, and like, the other's moon. on the moon. Yeah, and then the the, the grandpappy is in the, 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 the big old... There's, like, a, a huge central tower where all the leaders of the country constantly meet. I think it's the, the cartel. Yeah, the cartel is yeah. where we send representatives to go make sure everyone's on the same page for trying to stop the encroaching darkness and nobody sends anyone that matters. Every time yeah. they talk about, well, who do you send to the cartel? Machine was like, oh, we send our grandfather that doesn't have any power. Oh, we send low ranking diplomats that can't do anything. Yeah. It's the UN. Yeah. It's just the UN. That's it's in fact, I'm pretty sure it's just a joke about the UN, ah. uh, which is going to be made even more clear that this book's just full of political theory jokes when we get to the next faction. But before we do that, let's really quickly mention the only other thing about Mishima that's worthy of any note. All of these factions have a couple of like weapons and equipment that they make listed in the sidebars of the of their descriptions. Yep. Because each one of them is getting like a 20 to 30 page description of how their politics work, uh, what their citizens are like and all that. But they also do some like, you know, wartime stuff. What's their armor like? What are their guns like? Would you believe that the Japanese faction of the future, even though they are not currently losing a war to the United States, thought it would probably be a great idea to introduce, oh, I don't know, how about manned uh, kamikaze space bombs? Yeah, I mean, it's the future, and we have the technology now that we don't need to do that. You could just use drones like everybody else. But no, they're like, "What's, what's one of the two things I know about Japan? Samurais and kamikazes. Well, they're both in there. Fuck it. Stick them in. Don't worry about it. They invented flying space torpedoes that have a dude inside, presumably just for like ballast or something, because Ah. I don't know why you wouldn't just let the computer fly it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just wanted to put that out there. That was fucking abhorrent. No, the I mean, when you get to the sidebar where it's like, what is machine like? Family, tradition, honor, glory. And you're like, ah, <laughs> fucking Christ. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So they're the Klingon faction. I get, they all carry samurai swords. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> you didn't have to. It's the future. <laughs> and then you've got one last regular faction, which is Space Scotland. Oh, it's Space Great Britain. 
Well, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I was. It's called Imperial, which is why you'd think it's great, Space Great Britain. The reason I was going to Space Scotland is because they constantly mention the three primary families that run it, and they're Bartholomew, Maguire, and like McFadden or something like that. So they're like, yeah, these are Scots. Well, it's there's the Irish guy, the Scottish guy, and the British guy. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's that, yeah. You got me there. Yeah, and the whole thing is like, oh, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, you see, in combat, the Scottish guys are Highlanders, and they have Big Claymore swords. And, and they, they wear leather armor. <laughs> they literally wear leather armor to the ultra tech titanium ceramic composite fight. Yeah. Because they're like, fuck you. I hit you with a Claymore. And you're like, why? Why would you do that? Why? Are... And even when they do wear armor, it's like, oh, I'm wearing armor, but I got a wolf pelt around it. So, you know, and I mean, it's another thing. That I, it, I didn't even put that together in my head because I was just like, ah, space wolves. They're ripping off space wolves. You got to rip off space wolves. Huh. Now I'm like, oh, shit. No, it's because they're Highlanders, isn't it? Yes, what the you've fuck? you've got Highlanders, you've got the Blood Berets, which are your standard stiff upper lip British ones. Mm -hmm. uh, oddly enough, they don't do a lot of stereotypical Irish stuff. You know stuff. what? Let's say, let's say good for that, because stereotypical Irish warfare would not be nicely represented in the book. No, it no. would not. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, ah, we're the, I don't know, the Fury Protestants or something. It, it would not be good. Hey, we're all about doing... I don't know, hover car bombs. That's us. <laughs> Welcome to Mutant Chronicles. Bet you wish we hadn't made that joke. <laughs> but yeah, and of Still course... Still better than kamikaze space torpedoes. God damn it. They are led by their monarch, the queen, mm -hmm. because of course they are. Except that they are far and away, they're just called Imperial, and they are far and away the most bureaucratic shit faction uh, because they're they're an even mix of oh what if all of the nations of the UK had to be one faction and also hey uh, didn't didn't wasn't there an army of humans in, in 40k that wasn't space marines it was just like a bunch of shit guys I yeah. think they had to change their name because they couldn't trademark their old name yeah the Imperial Army yeah you couldn't just call them the Imperial Guard so they had to change their name to like the Astra Militarum or something <laughs> yeah that's what this that's what this faction is they have the cheapest equipment and the most of it and. They also are defined by the fact that they have a parliament that can't get anything done, mm -hmm. and they are the most aggressive faction. Like, yes. other factions say they might get into some occasional skirmishes over border disputes, but a lot of things will be done, like, in the boardroom. Whereas Imperial is straight up like, alright, there's a fifth one called Cybertronic, Yes, and we are straight up at war with them, and if we find out, like, Oh, Cybertronic has control of this mine on Mars. They're like, fuck you. We we attack you, kill you, and take it. Yeah, and not because we need the mine, but because it's an excuse to attra attack Cybertronic. Uh, effectively, th they are doing the whole the sun never sets on the British Empire colonialism shit yes. with them, where they've picked a faction they're allowed to go after without getting their asses spanked. Yes. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, it's the <laughs> British. They're so imperial and colonialist. I'm like... I mean, yes, but also, I mean, you can't do that and then also have capital be like, yes, we're all about freedom and enterprise, yes! <laughs> oh, no empire building here! Because <laughs> the official thing, because Cybertronic is the last of the five basic human factions. There's a, there's two more factions after that, but we can get into them. Uh, actually, there's three if you count like well, the freelancers, freebooters. These are the megacorps. The fifth one is Cybertronic, which is kind of, you know, the future of the future. 
it's sort of one day a, a ton of higher ups at every one of the other mega corporations suddenly were like, fuck you, we quit. And they all left and they founded a new company and it turned out that it was like all planned from the start. And so, they are the most tech of the factions. They are not just the most tech. Yeah, they're the, the most, cyborg-y. Yeah, the most, most cyborg. They have the most integrated technology. Yes. So you have either like full cyborgs or people with a lot of cybernetic upgrades and things mm-hmm. like that. But also, they are there to be the most we're not evil faction mm-hmm. because Cybertronic didn't show up until after uh, the Dark Legion showed up. Uh huh. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, all of these people decided to join up and make this new mega corporation. And they still, to this day, will just randomly get people from other corporations yes. who defect to them. And everyone in their, like, if you deal with anyone at their corporation or whatever, they all seem to be kind of hyper logical and emotionless. And the, which know, is theoretically, I, I just figured it was because they were following 1993 rules. They're like, ah, oh, fucking shadow run. The more robot parts, the less human or I guess troll oh, no. because they have a drug that makes you essentially just super logical yes but the reason they have the drug that makes you super logical is because it helps you or circuits that you have embedded all over you integrate without being rejected of course it does yes but also it means when the basic church of this uh setting comes by and has one of their psychics try and go are you corrupted by the dark legion every single person in cybertronic is 100 percent clean and it's probably because they are taking these drugs. Yes, and the dr- the drugs fuck with them. It makes it so they can't even get shit done because they're like too logical and emotionless. So they take a second drug called blueberries, and the blueberries counteract the first drug, that, or at least its effect on acting like a person. Yeah. So you have drugs that make you not act like a person, but they help you with your cyborg cyborg circuits working, and a second drug that helps you act like you might be kind of a person. Yeah, and this is, like I said, definitely the faction that's in there for like, Oh, these are probably evil guys that are brainwashing and using drugs to skirt, you know, the brotherhood. How to Gene Steeler cult when your book is too bad to include any aliens. Huh. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's, that's Cybertron. They have cyborgs. That's their whole thing. Yep. So they, when they have a heavy stompy troop, man, it's because he's mostly robot. Yeah. And uh, their, their light stealthy guys have like robot sighting and so on built into them. They're... So, so that's how you can tell them apart, because they're also a very expensive faction, since there's less of them than everybody else. So you're like, well, how are they different from Bauhaus? Oh, well, because they're integrated robots and not just wearing the very best of power armor. Yeah, because Bauhaus power armor is like, oh, it has the best of everything. Cybertronic tends to err on the side of heavy armor. Yes, yeah, uh, because and you know, not they don't really fight with like cover tactics or whatever. Instead, they're like, we built a guy with eight foot thick armor, and he just walks over there and shoots at you. Yeah, we just got a bunch of Terminators and they walk. At you. Yeah, we invented guys who are, who themselves are cover. It, it, I don't know why you didn't think of that. Uh... <laughs> so the next faction up of the human good guy factions, the first of the kind of the para factions, is the Brotherhood. And this is Psychers. It's not really, you don't got to get it. It's Psychers and the Inquisitorium. Yeah, it's just the Inquisitors. Yeah. Because their whole deal is, what do you do? Ah, we are the front line fighting against the Dark Legion and their Dark Symmetry, which mm-hmm. is... Which is bad guy Chaos psyching. Magic. Yes. And they're also like, oh, we go around and we have representatives that'll be like, 
Oh, you have to let us into your building so that our Inquisitors, like, actually in the book Inquisitors, that is what they are called, can go in and use our psychic powers to make sure you aren't corrupt. Yes. And it, it makes a big point that, that there is no place in the galaxy, no boardroom, no company that doesn't have observers from Brotherhood in it somewhere, making sure that everyone's being good all the time. Yeah. And the only people who can mildly get away with not doing that is Mishima, because they have such a stranglehold on Mercury. They're like, yeah, we'll let you in as a nicety, but it's the one place where you don't have a presence, so we can just tell you to fuck off if we want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume that, that having assignments to go hang out in Cybertronic is boring. Oh, yeah. But they have them. They're in there. Yeah, you go see Cybertronic, and you're like, hey, what's going on here? Are any of you evil? And they're like, no, we are perfectly fine. All of us are normal humans. Beep, boop. Yeah. I found it irritating that they talked about how, like, all these dudes suddenly abandoned all their, their factions and formed Cybertronic with no mention of their family or living situations. Oh, they like, all brought them with them. I know. That it, I think it says that much. That's as far as it goes. And then it's like, well, are their kids, like, getting cyborged? Uh, are they all taking the medicine? How we? What, what's the... Everyone drank the cyborg Kool-Aid. Yeah, they have to. They, every one of them drinks the cyber Kool-Aid. Uh, so the Brotherhood, I mean, I don't know how to say this more clearly. If you know anything about the Inquisitor faction from 40K and human psychers, it's what that, that's what this is. They have, instead of having psychic power or psyker powers, they have the art, but they're psychic powers, but they still have inquisitors and mystics are the two types of people that they generate who can produce magic. Mystics just do more psyching and inquisitors do a mix of magic and blowing shit up with guns. Yeah. Up until this point, all the Megacorps don't really have, like, psychers as part of their thing. They're no. all just like, now nah, we got tech and whatnot. If you wanted to have a character in this that was an actual, like, wizard, then you could go ahead and make a character that was like, oh, I'm in the Brotherhood. Yeah, although it's strongly recommended that that's a difficult thing and you should, like, advise your players not to because if you have to report everything yeah you report everything everything you you claim is a spoil of war Go, no tithing it just you just give all your shit back to them and if also, you're in the brotherhood you like in a normal like D D murder hobo type way where you're like oh we're all freelancers doing shitty gay things and mm -hmm. trying to murder our way into profit and you're like oh i have to report all of you to the brotherhood and you're all going to be taken away Yes, exactly. So so you if you're playing Inquisitors, you might as well play in either all Inquisitors or mostly Inquisitors game. Yeah. Um, so that's them. They are uh, obviously they have a, a uh, pseudo Catholic religious structure. Yeah, they got cardinals. Yeah, they have cart. They don't have a space pope, so we don't have a space pope or a space emperor here. But we got we got a cardinal. He's the guy in charge. He's several cardinals and one cardinal, which is like the main cardinal. Yeah, yeah cardinal supreme. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, that, one, that one has nacho cheese and sour cream on it. <laughs> Ooh, chopped tomatoes. Ooh, how <laughs> supreme. So fancy. <laughs> uh, uh, as I mentioned, there are just sort of freebooters out there that don't work for any corporation, just working on their own, doing Except stuff. that the only people hiring and paying money are fucking corporations. So if you're a freebooter, it just means you work for who, whichever other corporation is hiring right now. Yeah, so because the book is very much like, oh yeah, everyone who is like an actual corporation person is on board with that corporation. And you are loyal to them and you love them and they take care of you and they're mm -hmm. very good. And I'm like, how is that a thing? Because I can't imagine being a low-level person that works for, like, 
Bauhaus and going, Ah, yes, they have my undying loyalty. I will die for these people. I'm the person who sweeps up shit. Oh, well, John, the human evolution has advanced dramatically in the... I, I, I doesn't say when this book takes place in the, in the history of humanity. I'm going to go ahead and guess 39 and 1,000 years from now. Lol. Um, so... That, you know, people are just more compliant at this point, and they've forgotten how technology works, and uh, and, and also orcs are threatening them. Also. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a different time. It's just a different time. <laughs> it's another world. Another time. <laughs> In an age of wonder. But yeah, there's uh, there, there, you could pretty much call the freebooters like the seventh faction. They're what you play as if you want to play a mixed grill of, par- of uh, party members. Yeah, there's if- two ways you can play mixed corp. And that's, you're all freebooters who have, like, weapons and armor from various corporations, or backgrounds in various corporations. Or, you can play as the Doom Troopers, which is what the... Oh, the Death Guard. uh, The Death Guard. Yeah. But the Doom Troopers are what the board game was. Oh, okay. Which is just, it is uh, two guys, Mm -hmm. a melee and a shooter guy, and... They do, they're like the best of the best of each corporation, and they go do anti-Dark Legion stuff. Makes sense. The, there's only one of them mentioned in this book with a, by name and everything. I think he's the, uh, he's Imperial because his name's McBride. Yeah. Oh, no, he's Capital. He's, his name's McBride, but he's still Capital. Um, and he's just like the Soldier 76 of this game, and he's like, oh, he's the greatest hero in Capital history. And you're like, oh, he is definitely the guy you play as in the board game. Yes. He's Every also, time you look at one of the pictures in here that's in color, you're like, Oh, this is a representative of Bauhaus troops. No, those are the two people you can play from Bauhaus in the game. <laughs> McBride is the, also the only person who shows up in the game's sole example of how combat works, uh, where he gets shot to shit, but he's fine because he's a big damn hero. So yeah, those are your options mostly for playing characters. Yeah, I mean, you can play as the bad guy faction if you want, the Dark Legion. Eh. It, it has rules for how you would, but it, you're not supposed to. No. And honestly, if you play as them, you're going to have a really t- hard time of it because, you know, it's one of those things where their troops are like skeleton men. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, like, what's this guy? Uh, you know, the dude who's on the cover of all the Megadeth albums and some kind Eddie? of demon. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, a skeleton. That's it. Yeah. And then they have their equivalent of demon princes and they are boring as fuck. Every one of them is a big red face guy with like five horns sticking oh, straight yeah. out. Because that was the hardest guy you would fight in the board game uh, of course yeah no worries anyway let's get into character creation um it's fairly straightforward to start it's got a couple of interesting twists because it feels like they just took three other role-playing games and smooshed them yeah uh because you do you do a D style character creation at first you have to roll your six stats which are strength physique coordination gee i wonder what those map out to and intelligence uh I don't remember what MST stands for. Mental Master, strength. Mental strength and perception. Uh, or personality. Personality. Excuse yes. me. Personality, which which more or less map out to the other three of the D&D stats. Although in this game, personality is very weird and interesting in that it does not have a cap. And you can get some, like, real ridiculous personality scores or just garbage ones depending on how you make your character. Yeah, personality, I don't really know. I, I assume it has some skills that are uh, bouncing off of it as well, some of, like, social skills and so on. But mostly, it uh, out of the six stats, it seems to primarily function as a uh, limiting factor during character creation as you're jumping from career to career. Because yeah. you'll have minimum personalities for certain careers and other careers that reduce your personality for taking them. 
Yeah, because it's, I mean, essentially not just your charisma, but also kind of your prestige and standing. Yes. So if you're like, oh, I've got a, I might be a super badass who's very friendly, but if I have a low personality, it's probably because I'm some grunt and no one gives a shit. Yeah. So you have your six stats. You Again, you roll 3d6, arrange as desired, uh, roll eight, drop two lowest to, to come up with your character stat range. Uh, then from there, it, you're going to go next to career building. And this is the second role-playing game that this game squashes together to make its character creation system because it's a traveler ripoff. Well, I mean, it's just life path builder. Uh, sure, it's, it's just life path builder. Because you can't die during You it. can't, but you can age yourself out of, uh, out of uh, playing range. So while you can't necessarily kill yourself, if you go over 40, the game doesn't advise you to play that character. Well, no, because it's like, we, the game is like, the average life expectancy is like 36. It says, yeah, most people live to 40 because everything's all shitty. And then, it, which is weird because that doesn't really resonate with the descriptions of how everybody lives in gleaming towers and in perfect cities all over the, the, the inner planets. It's very weird to me because they're also like, oh, if you reach 40... There's all these penalties to your stats, and I'm like, but why? This is the future. And also, what if I'm a fucking Cybertronic cyborg guy? Yeah. Is the fact that my brain is 40 mean that somehow my physique is lower? Also, they mentioned that all of the leaders of the factions are in their, like, late hundreds. Oh, no. The the granddaddy machine was like, oh, yeah, he's 95 years old, and he just fucks around. Yeah, and the, the cardinal guy is, like, well over 2,000 years old, they mentioned. Like, you got to assume he's just really rolling in age penalties. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I, in every faction leader is like that. Every faction leader is in his, bare minimum, in his 60s. Yes. So it's weird that they did this during character creation. Like, no one lives past 40. The world is a fuck. And you're like, it doesn't, you didn't describe it as a fuck. You described it as a constant war, sure. But, you know, <laughs> if I have a character that, say, isn't on the front lines, you'd think I would just sort of be fine, especially given that, You've already established that corporations are your friends and will give you free health care and room and board. I mean, really, all it needed to be correct here was or to uh, to appease the two of us it was what I should say is, you know, uh, the average life. Yeah. Average life expectancy of a player character is around 40. Yeah. So, you know, if you're playing as a big damn hero, then, yeah, you're going to die early. But if you're like, oh, I collect a salary and go home to my apartment, then you have a normal if extended human lifespan because of modern medicine. Yeah. But instead, they're like, no, it's fucking the Middle Ages of the th of the 40Ks, and you're going to die. Oh. Probably of, you know, some disease that you don't even, you're not even sure is a real disease or not, like scrofulous or something. <laughs> it's amazing. You were so close to what I was going to say, which was scrofulous. <laughs> well, scrofulous is fake and scrofulous is real, <laughs> uh, which unfortunately ruins the gag of which of these diseases is real. I apologize. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, Impeniox Dust Grasp. <laughs> Real? You don't know. Maybe Miner's got it. You don't know. You don't know. So anyway, you choose careers. They have minimum stat requirements to get into. Uh, each time you choose a career, it's a two-year period. Uh, you get a set number of skills. Maybe some stats move around. But you have to roll whenever you go into a career to see if you actually succeeded at your career and sometimes to see if you actually even got employed. Yeah. That's Cause true, because you can have unemployment periods. Yeah, you can go like, oh, the next thing I want to do is I'll uh, I'll be a scientist. And you can roll for it and be like, no, I fucked up. I'm unemployed for two years. Yeah, you get stuck for two years every time you're unemployed at all. Uh, 
at the same time, while you're doing this, a lot of the, the careers will move your personality score up or down. The vast majority of them drop it. Um, well, it depends. Well, it's because a lot of them are like, so soldier, for example, because you go out into the world and you meet interesting people and so on, will give you a plus one for each service time period you take as a soldier to your personality score. Scientists, they say, these people are weird and hard for other folks to interact with. So if you're an engineer scientist, you get a minus two personality for your two-year period. And if you're a pure science scientist, minus four, because you're just a weirdo. Which, what the yeah, fuck no, are you I've doing? i scientists, I know. <laughs> and then if you go to college... Because that is a prereq for certain things like being a scientist yes, uh, or a military officer, then I think the only one that doesn't screw your personality on that one is the military academy yes, and everything else lowers it. Yeah, no, they've got this weird thing. It, it's got a very kind of Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers service guarantee citizenship vibe to it. More than like, be a soldier. You'll get a huge personality score and really good skills and shit. Don't be a journalist. That shit's for idiots. Yeah. If you're a journalist, you lose personality because everyone hates journalists. And I'm like, no, they, they don't. That's, that's not the, true. <laughs> journalists rely on charisma. It's sort of their thing. But hey, whatever you say, buddy. Uh, uh, you just keep doing this until you don't want to anymore, and then you make your, your character is largely made. At each stage, when you when you choose a new career, you also roll on a life event table. Yeah. Now the life event table is all mostly just good or bad things that could have, you know, bonuses or penalties to your stats. Maybe mm -hmm. you get a skill, something like that. But it's all a bunch of weird things, and some of them are marked with a little black dot, and those are unique events that you can't roll twice. Yes. Um, uh, the one that amused me the most was when you're, before you start choosing careers, you roll three times on a second one of these lists of life events called the Adolescent Life Event Chart. Yep. Uh, the Adolescent Life Event Chart also has black dots on it, and w before you roll in the Adolescent Life ad Event Chart, it tells you, roll three times on this chart, roll again if you roll anything with a black dot. And I'm like, okay. But then I never found another point in the game where you roll in the adolescent life event chart. So I have no idea what those black dot entries are for. No, it's you roll again if you already got. Oh, it's the same that. one. Okay, that makes a lot more events. sense. That makes a lot more sense because I was like, holy shit! Wait, what? What? When? How? Why did you put these in here then? All right, now I'm up to speed. That's there you fine. Go. Um, you roll that one three times. My favorite thing on the generic life event chart was that they were like, it's a two d twenty roll generating a number between two and forty. Um. And of that, I'd say four of the entries were variations on you did a minor crime. So it'd be like, oh, you uh, you you got caught with a, you had a speeding ticket or you you did some drinking or you did a shoplift. And all of them are just like C-sacked because you just get fired for all of them. Ah. And it's, it's just funny to me that there's no other penalty for any of them. It's like, oh, you got a minor speeding ticket. It wasn't a big deal. You paid off the right officials and you're fine now. Also, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so th I just thought that was kind of amusing that they just couldn't think of a good penalty for that. So they were just like, fuck it. Uh, see entry seven. You're fired. If you're fired, you just finish out your, your, your session as if yeah, you're unemployed. You have to just go to something else and retry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not great, but it, it can happen. Uh, when you're done with that, when you roll, um, uh, trying careers over and over again and getting stacks of the skill picks and there's, Definitely an age where it wants you to stop, which is 25. Yes. Because that's the limit where you start getting penalties afterwards. Yes. So they're like, oh, yeah, you could get some more skills, but now you're going to start getting penalized. I think they want you to start at 16. Is that right? So I think so. Yeah. And it's two years per cycle. So 
you can get about eight of them in there before you really need to stop. Yep. Oh, that I'm sorry. Eight of those would put you at 32. Yeah. Uh, four of them. You can get about four of them in there. You can get about eight years. Yes. And when you when you look at the uh, the the generation, like a character sheet generation, it'll be like uh, two years scientist, glorious purpose in all caps, because that's like the random role you made in that cycle. Yeah. And that's that's what your finished character looks like. It's kind of just a written down list of the events that happened to them and the the jobs they had. Each one of them also gives you skill picks. Yes, indeed. But before we get to skill picks, we need to talk about the base skill value and the set of derived statistics that is basically your character's second character sheet. Yes. Uh, because there is a set of character of statistics that you actually use more during the game. Uh, so things like your move score, your number of actions per round, your melee attack, and your ranged attack. They maybe sound a lot like the 40k stat block, because they are. Um, they don't use the same range. They're not one to six. But uh, that that they are they are very similar looking. Yeah, but uh, this is a D twenty roll under system. Yes. So your building as high as, you know, seventeen, eighteen for your best possible stats. So your base skill value is if you if a still skill says it uses, for example, coordination, then you look at your coordination score. Let's say you got pretty lucky and you have a fourteen in coordination. You don't get a fourteen. You cross reference a base skill value chart yep. and it tells you fourteen, you have a seven or whatever. It's not actually divided by two. It wouldn't be that simple. No. Uh, it, it's ranges. So so uh, that that's your starting skill. So you basically you want to keep that page open when you're character creating because that base skill value chart is super important. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to know what it is until you've finished basically all of your character creation stuff because you have so many events and things in your uh, life path that can fuck with your scores. Yes. So the way you increase that number beyond the starting range, which is anywhere between like four and nine or something like that, is with skill picks. It, uh, each one of the times you get through a career or a, se- a season of unemployment, it will provide you with a set number of skill picks, which you go through and you look at the games like, I don't know, maybe 25 to 30-ish skills, and say, I would like one pick in uh, small arms fire. Yeah. And then when you when you roll your small arms fire, you take your base skill value and add your value in skill picks. Yes. And then you roll under that, plus any secondary factors like, you know, accuracy on your weapon or, uh, you know, it's cold outside or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah like, you can get above 20, but they're like, oh, you know, a one is always a crit success and a 20 is always a fumble. Yeah. And, and you can't get above eight skill picks without starting to double the cost of them. Oh, yeah. At that point, you're like, oh, if you did manage to get above 20 good for you i guess you succeed all the time unless one of the many many penalties that shows up is happening it's got that standard 90s block or 80s 90s block of penalties where it's like it is very slightly windy you oh, do- it's kind of dark outside it's very dark outside oh you remembered that your dog died two years ago a person is moving you are moving <laughs> the earth is moving you said something embarrassing in high school once minus two. Oh no <laughs> oh shit where's my poison <laughs> <laughs> everyone remembers it including you especially you but especially the people you said it in front of <laughs> they're talking about it right now they're still friends <laughs> You're not. I wonder why. Uh, Minus two. <laughs> but yeah. So you're going to do that. It's uh, for any basic skill. It's like we said, it's a D20 roll under. Uh-huh. And combat is pretty much the same, honestly. It's, yeah, it's D20 rolls under. The different, the thing about this game's combat system that's confusing is that you have multiple hit point positions 
in multiple wound location spaces. Uh, you know, it's got like you can get hit in the hand, the arm, the head, the the, the stomach, and so oh, yeah. on. And a lot of weapons, a lot of them, do different amounts of HP to multiple parts of your body at once. Well, if you have an explosive weapon, sure. Or a shotgun, or various types of lasers, which all hit two parts of the body. Uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> weird thing is, they have you calculate total hit points, as if you were playing with a standard sort of D&D, I have one set of hit points. Mm-hmm. But after you calculate it, they're like, all right, great. Now, however many hit points you have, they get divided up into these parts. Yeah. By, like, you have this much in this, and this much in that. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a whole chart for it as well. Yes. And <laughs> I just keep looking at it going like, man, I just want to get rid of that. I want to take that wholesale and go, no, I've got 36 hit points. I don't have 5 and 6 and 7 and 4 and 5. Yeah, which is the, the problem with that. It, that's so crappy when you're, like, just buy a shotgun. Because a shotgun or an explosive hits all of your 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 uh, points all at once. So you're like... Well, great. This thing only does like three damage, but what do you know? It did three damage to eight locations where you have five hit points. You better hope I don't shoot you again. Yeah. <laughs> There's also two hit or wound location charts you have to roll on because uh, it's it's very slightly different between ranged and melee combat. Yes. And uh, the defense for the person being shot at is rolled separately from the attack. Yes. So... Whatever you roll, unless it is a crit success, which always auto-hits, no defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you succeed, the other player then rolls their defense, and they have their own number. So it doesn't matter. If you got a two, that doesn't make it harder for them to defend. No. Uh, That said, it's a game where you get a number of action points per round that you can spend to do things. So you can, like, move your speed, you can fire a weapon, you can move your speed again if you have three action points, or you can stand there and fire three times. Every time you defend yourself, it costs one of your action points. Yes. Which means if you go uh, first... That's that's great. Hopefully you kill the other guy or you save a bunch of your actions to not to uh, dodge fire later. Uh, uh, but if you go se- if you go like last in combat, you often won't do a fucking thing because people just be like, oh, he's last in combat. Shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. He's used up all of his defenses. Keep shooting him. And when it's his turn, he won't do anything. Uh, it's uh, it's not great. No, I'd say I would. I don't care for that system. No. Uh, well, even even fu- with an action economy that you can fudge yeah. is like... Uh... Yeah, not just the action. It's bad enough that it's got an action economy, which it does. It's possible to use to stack coordination to give yourself more actions per round and really kind of overwhelm enemies with how much shit you can do. But I've never really liked the, if you get shot at, you sacrifice your fucking turn mechanic where you're like, oh, you could take all this damage and definitely die, or you could try to dodge it, but then you don't get to do anything this turn or next turn because you'll go last again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely of the time we saw this in Rift. Palladium a- has it, but Palladium at least has it as an option, because Perry takes an action and Dodge does not. Oh, it does. That's why auto-dodge defense That's true, is you're a right. thing uh, that I'm exists. sorry, I'm used to playing good versions of Palladium games where auto-dodge is more fluid yes. or flowing. That's right. If, if you were a juicer that yes of course dodging doesn't take an action yeah and also you have like eight attacks per melee round but in this, you're still gonna lose to the boom gun though <laughs> this one is definitely one of those things where it's like yeah we need to make it fair that you can't just otherwise it'd be better to go last or something i don't know i have no idea why people do that where it takes your action 
to defend against. Something. I don't think people take it when they're designing the game. They don't stop and think that that w- that's even if it's realistic, even if you think it's a balancing factor, it is not fun. No, it's a feels bad. It's a feel bad mechanic because every time you lose an action because you just didn't want to die this turn, that's less shit that you get to do in the game. Yeah, your choice of being uh, I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to do nothing is like, oh, boy, what a fun choice I have. Yeah, no, so it's it's a it's a bad feels mechanic, and you only see it in the bones of games that deserve to die. Uh, as well, when you get hit, there are armor values. You just straight up subtract armor value from the incoming damage. I mean, obviously. Notably, I think this game is funny because I, I would say this is the only game I've ever seen that's more fetishistic about shoulder pads than actual 40K actually is. Oh, man. Like, they actually have... There are st- World of Warcraft-level shoulder pads in here. Yes. Well, well, they're like... And not only that, but there's, like, stats for shoulder pads. It's part of your armor, but it's part not it. integrated into your chest plate or anything. There's there's stats for in- unique types of individual shoulder pads that you can wear. Like, one of the first things you see, the first time they do a color photo of a character, like, he's wearing the Aegis MX-3 shoulder pads, which provide the following protection to, I guess, his shoulders. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> He's not wearing a helmet, though. Fuck that. That's for idiots. Yeah, I can't see in one of those things. <laughs> I also have no peripheral vision because my shoulder pads are two heads high. <laughs> uh, I look like I'm in Guar and I'm the world's greatest soldier. <laughs> uh, as mentioned, the uh, crit hit also bypasses armor in addition to uh, automatically hitting with no defense, uh-huh. which is... Jesus, a 1 in 20 chance of just absolutely murdering someone because almost every weapon is like, what is this? A D6 plus like 2 or 3. So if I roll 3 or higher, I'm probably going to blow off whatever I hit. Yeah, or yeah, knock you unconscious almost for certain. So yeah, armor is completely essential. Crits are ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely a system where I'm like, I would only want crits to exist player-facing. Yes. Because if an enemy had it, you're like, oh, you're up against... 20 of these little shitty zombie guys, except one of them is going to crit and kill you, and yeah. you can do nothing about it. <laughs> you can also spend one of your actions on a, what's called either a, uh, aiming, or I think it's called like sizing up or something, where it's the melee or ranged version of the same effect, yeah. where you can you can uh, waste an action in exchange for a plus three to hit, like increasing your accuracy by three, or you can not take that and if you hit them anyway, you can move your hit result five steps up or down the hit result chart, which is only eight entries long, which means you can pretty much invariably be like, oh, aim and headshot. Oh, what do you know? You're not wearing head armor. No one seems to think to do that. Huh. <laughs> what a coincidence. Everyone wants to show their cool military hair. Oh, everyone wants to be like, look, I'm a person. I'm an officer. You can tell because you had to paint my fucking face. Huh. You should have just put a space wolf helmet on me. Uh, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> the whole armor system is eh, kind of boring. It's boring. It's given how much of a fetishistic uh, attachment to armor this game has, because it's trying to prop, uh, you know, copy forty k and come up with a reason for why it's doing that. But also, the weird thing for me is the amount of guns that are in there. Oh, it's got and that it's palladium. Very palladium. Yeah, exactly. It's got that fucking palladium ending where it's just like... What one is of this? Our... One's a rifle that does a D6 plus two. One's a rifle that does a D6 plus three. It's not just that. Like, big lists of guns aren't palladium-y. They're universal. What it is that makes it so palladium-y is that there's a shitty picture of every single one. Yes. 
if you want to see a million pictures of tubes with triggers on the ends of them, you've come to the right place. They're, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say they're slightly more tactically proficiently drawn than the 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 standard collection of palladium. Like palladium guns are one <laughs> step removed from super soakers. Oh yeah, I mean palladium guns are like. Well, I took a square and I put two circles on it and a rectangle mm-hmm. on the bottom and it's a gun. <laughs> Every palladium gun reminds me of when I was a kid and I like to draw transformers. Did you ever do that? You know how to do a transformer drawing? No. So what you do is you take a piece of paper and you fold it over and then back, leaving like a one inch thick strip of folded over paper in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then using that as the center line, you draw a truck or a jet or something. Then you unfold it. And inside, there's now a hole in the middle of your truck or jet or something, and you draw a robot in there that ah. connects to the edges of the truck or jet, thus creating a transformer. Wow. And whenever I see a palladium gun, I'm like, I remember when I was eight and I, I folded a million pieces of paper in half so I could draw transformers, and that's what palladium guns look like to me. <laughs> <laughs> All I, right. I will demonstrate for you later, and, you'll, and you can see how lame that is. Fabulous. And yet, if you have a kid, show them how to do it, because it will keep them fucking busy. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's anything else. Oh, there's you know the there's say? the list of magic powers. I was going to say, well, there's magic because there's the good magic and the bad magic. Yeah, but also should mention, as long as we are definitely just beating into the ground how much this is 40k, there are a bunch of Dark Legion gods. No, that are, that's fucking right. Yeah. There's one that's a plague guy, one that's a combat guy. One of them's a liar. One of them is all about lying and deceiving. One of them is about magic. Yeah. Well, ki- golly ki- gee. Kind of change, I guess. Uh, 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 what's the uh, fifth one? Oh, she's in charge of the other ones. Yeah. And then the fifth one is just, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm, I'm kind of in charge. I'm the cake boss. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, their names are different. They're not called the same things. They're called like Algernoth, the war god, and Semi, the lord of lies. Yeah. And, you know, Pestilens, the Lord of Plagues, and so on. But they are straight up the Chaos Gods. Yes. <laughs> it's great. And each one of them has his own kind of troops, and you can't tell if they're supposed to be aliens or just, like, mutants or, like, interdimensional monsters. They tell you there's aliens here. They call them things like Azo ghouls and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, they're taking some creatures from beyond time and space and bringing them in and forcing them to do whatever. I'm like, are they though? Because there's only one thing that doesn't just look like some desiccated human. Yeah. That's yeah. Mostly just they either look like demons or, or, or uh, dead guys. Uh, and there's a couple they're like, Oh, I think they're the called Necorites like, or something. Yeah, Necorites, Ezoghouls, And I think Rayfides or something like the rate Razides, Razides, Razides. Yeah, that's it. That's what those are the three where you're like, are they are they aliens? Are they mutant? The, but the thing is, even if they're aliens, they're they're like chaos demons. And the the big problem I have is if they are aliens, then what is the mutant in Mutant Chronicles? Because <laughs> there's no mutants. There's nothing, nothing <laughs> in here about mutants. God damn it! No bio e at all. <laughs> Not one of these people is Wolverine. <laughs> No one is Wolverine or even have partial human Wolverine looks. <laughs> Neither kind of mutant. Damn it. And yet it is called Mutant Chronicles. I guess that's just because they couldn't call it 40K Chronicles or something like that. Uh. Legally distinct from Warhammer. Mace 39K. Morning Star Chronicles. <laughs> You're right. Outside of the, the uh, horrible plague guy who will warp the bodies of his victims no one in this is a mutant yeah it's just and those aren't technically mutants either 
No, they're just diseased. Yeah, mutants have to be born with a mutation. Well, I mean, you could be mutated. Yeah, I guess that's true, but that doesn't make you a mutant. I mean, you could be mutated after you were born, like, say, when you were a teenager. Yeah, but even then, you you were a teenage mutant. You had the gene already. Gene! 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 (laughs) Scott! (laughs) Like, Cyclops didn't develop his powers until he was 13, but he was a mutant before that. Uh, if you, I, I think if we're following Marvel rules, if you get turned into something, you're a mutate, not a mutant. <laughs> then you're a mutant, not a mutant. I'm a mutant. What are you, a mutant? <laughs> like your Earth ants. More mutated, of course. I got I got busted for that in some Discord for or some forum the other day where I was talking about um, uh, Alpha Flight, and I. To this, to the, th- that exact moment, had thought that the character Sasquatch was a regular ass mutant. Nope, Gamma Mutate, part of the whole Incredible Hulk collection of not mutants but close. Yeah, well, I mean, that's who the Hulk was fighting in the first appearance of Wolverine. I know, but it was the first appearance of Wolverine. Well, Wendigo, but Wendigo yeah, but- and Sasquatch are both. They're the same. See, that's the thing is I knew Wendigo was different. I thought they were very different, but it turns out, no, they're both gamma mutations. Yeah. Also, I got yelled at because I didn't know that Sasquatch is dead, but his body is currently being piloted around by what's his Fuck. name? No, it's no, it's <laughs> that would be great. Just right? getting I just jumping up in his guts. Fucking Sasquatch mech. <laughs> but no, it's uh, what's his fucking face? The 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 Hulk character, Doc Samson. There you go. The, I was, I was going to go through the whole rigmarole of being like muscly dude, green hair, not quite as bad as the Hulk. <laughs> Doc Samson. Doc Samson. But I got there. So apparently right now, Doc Samson is is Sasquatch, and he has green hair still. Good. Yeah, good stuff. Good. But just on top. Just on it's, the top. It's a party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Curtains and the drapes do not match. I don't know what else to say about this game. There wasn't really... There's monsters throughout it that you can fight, but they're not... They're few and far between on the ground, because every faction has, like, five things that are statted out. So there's, like, maybe 30 things, and only, like, four of them are bad guys. Yeah. Um... So I assume you have to wait for another book for like a full-on bestiary or series of adventures or something. There is a fairly solid guide of what to do here. They're like, hey, how should you do an adventure? Well, presumably you your people will have heard that there's unrest in a mine nearby or something. Well, yeah, because it's it depends on what you're playing. If yeah. you're just, you know, the freebooters, they're like, great, someone hires you to do a job. If you're in the Doom Troopers, then... You get sent on a mission. Yeah, and if you're in the Brotherhood, you get sent on a mission. So Yeah, it's just fairly easy to be like, we've heard rumblings of evil doings over here. Go do something. Yeah, go figure it out. The planet needs a jumbo jack. <laughs> so so with that all completed, I think it's time for us to get into the best and worst, I guess. Sure, why not? Yeah, absolutely. John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Mutant Brotherhood Chronicles, the, the, the 40K story? Uh, I like the life path thing. I love a good life path in any game. And you're tolerant of a reason or of a bad one, I guess. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. Anything that gives me a random shit happened to you while you were like making your character or while you were doing some job. I'm like, I love that shit. I love random tables. And the life path is one of those things where I'm like, Ooh, I can integrate this both into character like, stats as well as what type of character they are so if i had a set idea like oh this is kind of the character i was thinking of being able to go all right well how would that character deal with the fact that like when they were 16 like i don't know the dark legion killed their parents you're like okay well that's going to influence things yeah it's a little on the random side so so as often as not what i love yeah except it it has a very solid chance of not being very interesting 
Eh. It'll be just it'll be shit like, oh, you just got fucking fired. Why? You don't know. You just did. You're fired. Fuck you. Get out. You're unemployed for the next two two years. I mean, that would be great though if it was like, what's your character? Oh, I'm basically the worst employee. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept getting fired. I show up to a place, I start to work, and then I just fuck around. Yeah. And there's a lot of them that are, you know, equally ignominious. It'll just be things like, you suffered a car accident. You lose a bunch of permanent health. Yeah. It's just sad. Um, so but I like it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad. I, I appreciate that. All right. What's your favorite thing? I think the skill system is fairly smart. It's just a standard D20 roll under and more to the point. I think this game doesn't lard it out with extraneous skills. A lot of the skills in this game are multifunctional. Mm-hmm. So there'll be things like this is how to understand how to to uh, to run a business. Also, it's how to motivate people to run a business and so on. You're like, oh, good. It's two functions. Yeah. And so, there's skill categories when you get skills from a job. Yeah. And everything, including unemployment, gives you the same amount of skill picks. Uh-huh. It's just unemployment doesn't give you any of the elite ones. That yeah, that's true. So I like the fact that if you do fuck up and get unemployment, it doesn't screw you entirely. Yes. Yes. So that's uh. So there you go. Uh, the skill system, I think, is probably my favorite thing. Literally everything about this game is derivative. Uh, what's your least favorite thing? Oh, God. I think my least favorite thing has mm, almost certainly got to be Mishima. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just the whole corporation is yeah? bad. Yeah, well, it's not great. It's very unimaginative. It's very redolent of early 90s RPG design where everyone was terrified of Japan. Oh, yeah. Well, it's wonderful that they have this... Split between, like, Japan are honorable samurais, but also sneaky kamikazes and dirty business dealers. And you're like, come on, man, don't... That's right, because they have three kids that are running the co- the the, uh, the corporation, and one of them is the evil underhanded assassin. Well, like, and all of them are trying to undermine the other ones, and they're all like, ooh, if you deal with Mishima, they'll try and fuck you over as hard as they can. Yeah. Like, ah, God, come on. <laughs> of course, if you're dealing with the America faction, they'll give you a straight deal every time. <laughs> Yeehaw! Honestly, reading through Capital was so boring, because it's, it's very much just the Mario faction that i just didn't really get a feel for the american jingoism of it i was just like oh they're just boring heroes i get it fine whatever the mid-range Great. yeah there yeah. you go so there you go mishima just awful stop that shit yeah that's fair what about you uh it's boring i mean i'm just gonna say the fact that it's it's set in the solar system and not the galaxy there's no cool aliens there's no intrigue there's there's a section where it's like what about cool spaceships spaceships are not important to this game don't fucking ships are not cool there's only it'll take you 10 days to get from this planet to this planet that's all you fucking need to know get out of here i'm like ah come on Uh, space combat's like my favorite part of this kind of crap nope Get out of here. This is based on a board game that did not have vehicles. Or aliens, which is your other favorite thing about space. So fuck off. So I'm just going to say that the fact that it's a humanocentric game, that it still doesn't even manage to use the full diaspora of humanity. I'll tell you what there isn't a picture of in this book. A black guy. (laughs) I mean... There is, but man, not a lot. <laughs> I don't remember seeing a single one. Yeah. I remember seeing all the Americans are white blonde dudes. All the Germans are white blonde dudes. Uh, all of the Imperials are either white or red-haired blonde dudes. Mishima. Yeah, red-haired blonde dudes. <laughs> Sorry, red-haired dudes. Uh, Japan is Japanese people. What do you know? And Cybertronic has no hair because they're robots. Cause, yeah, because they're robots. And I do not remember seeing art, at least not sketch art, of a, of a single person other than white guys or Japanese guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying it's it's when you're like, oh, we're going to focus on the human diaspora. Fucking do it. Instead, you're like, 
oh, like, three out of our four factions are just white people. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, and they all have to be dudes, you say? Okay. Well, yeah. right, that sounds fine. What can I, where can I go? Can I go anywhere interesting? No. No. Every, every planet is, is uh, pretty much taken over by cities, and you just hang out in the cities and fight lowlifes. I guess you can go to Venus and fight in the jungles, but you're going to fight lowlifes in those jungles. No, I mean, you're going to fight the Dark, dark Legion. Bro- the Dark Legion, which is lowlifes. <laughs> Lowlife Dark Legion. <laughs> Little zombie guy I mean, smoking a cigarette like, hey, buddy, you want to buy a watch? <laughs> Like, I don't know if I can say that this game is fucking boring is my least favorite thing about it, but it really is. The lack of imaginative storytelling and just the endless parade of ripoffs was really disheartening to read. Eh. So, uh, would you play this? No, I'd give the board game another go, though. If I found my copy of Mutant Chronicles, I would bust it out and be like, all right, let me figure out how this fucking game works now that I'm not fucking 11 years old well let's go to like ebay or whatever and see if we can find it all right let's do it okay and meanwhile i while you're looking that up i will answer the question as well of course i wouldn't play this this was boring as hell i wouldn't even play the 40k role-playing games they're usually way too up their own ass about the setting usually yeah. pretty much just rogue trader is the only one that i would voluntarily play all the other ones are like ah you've spent all your time developing your marine honor now tell other people how honorable you are (laughs) and then the actual gameplay experience is always people being like yeah i exploited the system so that me and a buddy could throw each other at the same time and we threw each other to the moon (laughs) uh it looks like on ebay the low price i can find for the original Mutant Chronicles Siege of the Citadel is $70. They did, however, come out with a new Mutant Chronicles board game, and that's like 20 bucks. Oh, nice. When did that happen? I guess you won't know that off the top of that. So there you go. If you want the board game, it's 70 or 20 respectively. If you want this game, why? We just told you. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't want it. Looks like 07 is when the new version came out. Oh, shit. Out. That's close enough to now that they might still be in practice and be mad at us. Ooh, the Mutant Chronicles collectible miniatures game. Ooh. Oh, no. No. It's not just a board game. It's a collectible miniatures game. Well, I got to have that just so it can stand next to my D&D chainmail stuff and my Lawnmower Man combat miniatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, that's just about it for this episode. We will be seeing you again real soon with more, though. And up until that point, if you want to hear us make characters in the game we just reviewed, you can always find that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash system mastery, where for the low, low price of a single American capital dollar you can get our bonus contents dating back to oh gosh like 2009 or something there are so many of them although people tell me it's hard to find the really really old ones because rss feeds hate you but still you'll find so many of these excellent uh, cool bonus contents it's a great place to get an rss feed that has every single one of our shows on including all the bonus content stuff there are other levels you can pledge to like two dollars and five dollars and unlock yet more stuff jesus christ john put the phone down and help me i'm uh, flailing here i am floundering and you're sitting there looking at ebay this is my fault i should have told you to do it No, i'm looking at kickstarter there's a second edition of siege of the citadel that got kickstarted like this year oh cool so that's a thing all right well now hopefully that board game's good go support it this this role-playing game they shouldn't have done it yeah this is basically prime directive compared to starfleet battles <laughs> uh except that also starfleet battles should not have existed indeed nothing it's, should exist i mean starfleet battles from everything i've read about the actual like their miniatures game it, it's extremely nerdy and basically requires spreadsheets to play uh and it still is clearly written by the kind of people who think that this prime directive was a good idea mm. but it, it's playable is what i've i've read 
Anyway, so that's our bonus content. Go go support it. Go, yeah, go, go, go do, do that. that. Yeah, please help us. Please, please help please us. Help and us. if you can't help us monetarily, mm-hmm. just help us with a review. A good yeah. old five star. We really need that monetary help because I can't afford all these candles. <laughs> Buy less candles. No. <laughs> good night. Good night.